Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. First Canto, Chapter 5, Texts 17 through 22. Text 17. One who has forsaken his material occupations to engage in the devotional service of the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature stage, yet there is no danger of his being unsuccessful. On the other hand, a non-devotee, though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. Report by Srila Prabhupada. As far as the duties of mankind are concerned, there are innumerable duties. Every man is duty-bound, not only to his parents, family members, society, country, humanity, other living beings, the demigods, etc., but also to the great philosophers, poets, scientists, etc., it is enjoined in the scriptures that one can relinquish all such duties and surrender unto the service of the Lord. So, if one does so and becomes successful in the discharge of his devotional service unto the Lord, it is well and good. But it so happens sometimes that one surrenders himself unto the service of the Lord by some temporary sentiment, and in the long run, due to so many other reasons, he falls down from the path of service by undesirable association. There are so many instances of this in the histories. Bharat Maharaj was obliged to take his birth as a stag due to his intimate attachment to a stag. He thought of this stag when he died. As such, in the next birth, he became a stag, although he did not forget the incident of his previous birth. Similarly, Chirtiketu also fell down due to his offenses at the lotus feet of Shiva. But in spite of all this, the stress is given here to surrendering unto the lotus feet of the Lord, even if there is a chance of falling down. Because even though one falls down from the prescribed duties of devotional service, he will never forget the lotus feet of the Lord. Once engaged in the devotional service of the Lord, one will continue the service in all circumstances. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that even a small quantity of devotional service can save one from the most dangerous position. There are many instances of such examples in history. Ajamil is one of them. Ajamil, in his early life, was a devotee, but in his youth he fell down. Still, he was saved by the Lord at the end. Text 18. Persons who are actually intelligent and philosophically inclined 
should endeavor only for that purposeful end which is not obtainable, even by wandering from the topmost planet, Brahmaloka, down to the lowest planet, Patala. As far as happiness derived from sense enjoyment is concerned, it can be obtained automatically in course of time. Just as, in course of time, we obtain miseries, even though we do not desire them. Report by Srila Prabhupada Every man everywhere is trying to obtain the greatest amount of sense enjoyment by various endeavors. Some men are busy engaged in trade, industry, economic development, political supremacy, etc., and some of them are engaged in fruitive work to become happy in the next life by attaining the higher planets. It is said that on the moon, the inhabitants are fit for greater sense enjoyment by drinking the somaras, and the pitriloka is obtained by good charitable work. So there are various programs for sense enjoyment, either during this life or in life after death. Some are trying to reach the moon or other planets by some mechanical arrangement, for they are very anxious to get into such planets without doing good work. But it is not to happen. By the law of the Supreme, different places are meant for different grades of living beings, according to the work they have performed. By good work only, as prescribed in the scriptures, one can obtain birth in a good family, opulence, good education, and good bodily features. We see also, in this life, one obtains a good education or money by good work. Similarly, in our next birth, we get such desirable positions only by good work. Otherwise, it would not so happen that two persons, born in the same place at the same time, are seen differently placed according to previous work. But all such material positions are impermanent. The positions in the topmost Brahmaloka and in the lowest Patala are also changeable according to our work. The philosophically inclined person must not be tempted by such changeable positions. He should try to get into the permanent life of bliss and knowledge, where he will not be forced to come back again to this miserable material world, either in this or that planet. Miseries and mixed happiness are two features of material life, and they are obtained in Brahmaloka and in other lokas also. They are obtained in the life of the demigods and also in the life of the dogs and hogs. The miseries and mixed happiness of all living beings are only of different degree and quality, but no one is freed from the miseries of birth, death, old age, and disease. Similarly, everyone has his destined happiness also. No one can get more or less of these things simply by personal endeavors. Even if they are obtained, they can be lost again. One should not, therefore, waste time with these flimsy things. One should only endeavor to go back to Godhead. That should be the mission of everyone's life.
Text 19. My dear Vyas, even though a devotee of Lord Krishna sometimes falls down, somehow or other, he certainly does not undergo material existence like others, fruitive workers, etc., because a person who has once relished the taste of the lotus feet of the Lord can do nothing but remember that ecstasy again and again. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda A devotee of the Lord automatically becomes uninterested in the enchantment of material existence because he is rasa-graha, or one who has tasted the sweetness of the lotus feet of Lord Krishna. There are certainly many instances where the devotees of the Lord have fallen down due to uncongenial association, just like fruit of workers, who are always prone to degradation. But even though he falls down, a devotee is never to be considered the same as a fallen karmi. A karmi suffers the result of his own fruit of reactions, whereas a devotee is reformed by chastisement directed by the Lord himself. The sufferings of an orphan and the sufferings of a beloved child of a king are not one and the same. An orphan is really poor because he has no one to take care of him. But a beloved son of a rich man, although he appears to be on the same level as the orphan, is always under the vigilance of his capable father. A devotee of the Lord, due to wrong association, sometimes imitates the fruit of workers. The fruit of workers want to lord it over the material world. Similarly, a neophyte devotee foolishly thinks of accumulating some material power in exchange for devotional service. Such foolish devotees are sometimes put into difficulty by the Lord himself. As a special favor, he may remove all material paraphernalia. By such action, the bewildered devotee is forsaken by all his friends and relatives, and so he comes to his senses again by the mercy of the Lord and is set right to execute his devotional service. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is also said that such fallen devotees are given a chance to take birth in a family of highly qualified Brahmins or in a rich mercantile family. A devotee in such a position is not as fortunate as one who is chastised by the Lord and put into a position seemingly of helplessness. The devotee who becomes helpless by the will of the Lord is more fortunate than those who are born in good families. The fallen devotees born in a good family may forget the lotus feet of the Lord because they are less fortunate. But the devotee who is put into a forlorn condition is more fortunate because he swiftly returns to the lotus feet of the Lord, thinking himself helpless all around. Pure devotional service is so spiritually relishable that a devotee becomes automatically uninterested in material enjoyment. That is a sign of perfection in progressive devotional service. A pure devotee continuously remembers the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna and does not forget him, even for a moment, not even in exchange for all the opulence of the three worlds. 
Text 20. The Supreme Lord, Personality of Godhead, is himself this cosmos, and still he is aloof from it. From him only has this cosmic manifestation emanated. In him it rests, and unto him it enters after annihilation. Your good self knows all about this. I have given only a synopsis. Purport by Srila Prabhupada For a pure devotee, the conception of Mukunda, Lord Sri Krishna, is both personal and impersonal. The impersonal cosmic situation is also Mukunda because it is the emanation of the energy of Mukunda. For example, a tree is a complete unit, whereas the leaves and the branches of the tree are emanated parts and parcels of the tree. The leaves and branches of the tree are also the tree, but the tree itself is neither the leaves nor the branches. The Vedic version that the whole cosmic creation is nothing but Brahman means that since everything is emanating from the Supreme Brahman, nothing is apart from him. Similarly, the part and parcel, hands and legs, are called the body. But the body as a whole unit is neither the hands nor the legs. The Lord is the transcendental form of eternity, cognition, and beauty. And thus the creation of the energy of the Lord appears to be partially eternal, full of knowledge, and beautiful also. The captivated conditioned souls, under the influence of the external energy, maya, are therefore entrapped in the network of the material nature. They accept this as all in all, for they have no information of the Lord, who is the primeval cause nor have the information that the parts and parcels of the body, being detached from the whole body, are no longer the same hand or leg as when attached to the body. Similarly, a godless civilization, detached from the transcendental loving service of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is just like a detached hand or leg. Such parts and parcels may appear like hands and legs, but they have no efficiency. The devotee of the Lord, Srila Vyasadeva, knows this very well. He is further advised by Srila Narada to expand the idea so that the entrapped conditioned souls may take lessons from him to understand the Supreme Lord as the primeval cause. According to the Vedic version, the Lord is naturally fully powerful, and thus his supreme energies are always perfect and identical with him. Both the spiritual and the material skies and their paraphernalia are emanations from the internal and external energies of the Lord. The external energy is comparatively inferior, whereas the internal potency is superior. The superior energy is living force, and therefore she is completely identical. But the external energy, being inert, is partially identical. But both the energies are neither equal to nor greater 
than the Lord, who is the generator of all energies. Such energies are always under his control, exactly as electrical energy, however powerful it may be, is always under the control of the engineer. The human being and all other living beings are products of his internal energies. Thus, the living being is also identical with the Lord, but he is never equal or superior to the personality of Godhead. The Lord and the living beings are all individual persons. With the help of the material energies, the living beings are also creating something, but none of their creations are equal or superior to the creations of the Lord. The human being may create a small playful Sputnik and may throw it into outer space, but that does not mean that he can create a planet like the earth or moon and float it in the air as the Lord does. Men with a poor fund of knowledge claim to be equal to the Lord. They are never equal to the Lord. This is never to be. The human being, after attaining complete perfection, may achieve a large percentage of the qualities of the Lord, say up to 78%, but it is never possible to surpass the Lord or to become equal with him. In a diseased condition only, the foolish living being claims to become one with the Lord and thus becomes misled by the illusory energy. The misguided living beings, therefore, must accept the supremacy of the Lord and agree to render loving service to him. For this, they have been created. Without this, there cannot be any peace or tranquility in the world. Srila Vyasadeva is advised by Srila Narada to expand this idea in the Bhagavatam. In the Bhagavad Gita also, the same idea is explained. Surrender fully unto the lotus feet of the Lord. That is the only business of the perfect human being. Text 21 Your goodness has perfect vision. You yourself can know the Supersoul, Personality of Godhead, because you are present as the plenary portion of the Lord. Although you are birthless, you have appeared on this earth for the well-being of all people. Please, therefore, distribute the transcendental pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, more vividly. Report by Srila Prabhupada Srila Vyasadeva is the empowered plenary portion incarnation of the personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna. He descended by his causeless mercy to deliver the fallen souls in the material world. The fallen and forgotten souls are detached from the transcendental loving service of the Lord. The living entities are parts and parcels of the Lord, and they are eternally servitors of the Lord. All the Vedic literatures, therefore, are put into systematic order for the benefit of the fallen souls. 
and it is the duty of the fallen souls to take advantage of such literatures and be freed from the bondage of material existence. Although formerly, Srila Narada Rishi is his spiritual master, Srila Vyasadeva is not at all dependent on a spiritual master, because in essence he is the spiritual master of everyone else. But because he is doing the work of an acharya, he has taught us, by his own conduct, that one must have a spiritual master, even though he be God himself. Lord Sri Krishna, Lord Sri Ram, and Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all incarnations of Godhead, accepted formal spiritual masters, although by their transcendental nature they were cognizant of all knowledge. In order to direct people in general to the lotus feet of Lord Sri Krishna, he himself, in the incarnation of Vyasadeva, is delineating the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. Text 22. Learned circles have positively concluded that the infallible purpose of the advancement of knowledge, namely austerities, study of the Vedas, sacrifice, chanting of hymns, and charity, culminates in the transcendental descriptions of the Lord, who is defined in choice poetry. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda Human intellect is developed for advancement of learning in art, science, philosophy, physics, chemistry, psychology, economics, politics, etc. By culture of such knowledge, the human society can attain perfection of life. The perfection of life culminates in the realization of the Supreme Being, Vishnu. The Shruti, therefore, directs that those who are actually advanced in learning should aspire for the service of Lord Vishnu. Unfortunately, persons who are enamored by the external beauty of Vishnu Maya do not understand that culmination of perfection or self-realization depends on Vishnu. Vishnu Maya means sense enjoyment, which is transient and miserable. Those who are entrapped by Vishnu Maya utilize advancement of knowledge for sense enjoyment. Sri Narada Muni has explained that all paraphernalia of the cosmic universe is but an emanation from the Lord out of his different energies, because the Lord has set in motion by his inconceivable energy the actions and reactions of the created manifestation. They have come to be out of his energy. They rest on his energy, and after annihilation, they merge into him. Nothing is, therefore, different from him, but at the same time, the Lord is always different from them. When advancement of knowledge is applied in the service of the Lord, the whole process becomes absolute. The Personality of Godhead and His Transcendental Name, Fame, Glory, etc. 
are all non-different from him. Therefore, all the sages and devotees of the Lord have recommended that the subject matters of art, science, philosophy, physics, chemistry, psychology, and all other branches of knowledge should be wholly and solely applied in the service of the Lord. Art, literature, poetry, painting, etc., may be used in glorifying the Lord. The fiction writers, poets, and celebrated littérateurs are generally engaged in writing of sensuous subjects. But if they turn toward the service of the Lord, they can describe the transcendental pastimes of the Lord. Valmiki was a great poet, and similarly, Vyasadeva is a great writer, and both of them have absolutely engaged themselves in delineating the transcendental activities of the Lord, and by doing so, have become immortal. Similarly, science and philosophy also should be applied in the service of the Lord. There is no use presenting dry, speculative theories for sense gratification. Philosophy and science should be engaged to establish the glory of the Lord. Advanced people are eager to understand the absolute truth through the medium of science, and therefore a great scientist should endeavor to prove the existence of the Lord on a scientific basis. Similarly, philosophical speculations should be utilized to establish the supreme truth as sentient and all-powerful. Similarly, all other branches of knowledge should be engaged in the service of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita also the same is affirmed. All knowledge not engaged in the service of the Lord is but nescience. Real utilization of advanced knowledge is to establish the glories of the Lord, and that is the real import. Scientific knowledge engaged in the service of the Lord and all similar activities are factually harikirtan, or glorification of the Lord. So, in our last meeting, we have been discussing that shastras, scriptures, if they simply deal with material activities. Of course, material activities should be regulated to come to the spiritual platform. But if we do not come to the spiritual platform, simply some regulative principle on the material platform will not help us. Uh, religiosity means to prepare the ground, prepare the ground for being elevated to the uh, spiritual platform. Just like it is said, dharma-sāna-sthita-pungsa viśyakṣena-katha-sujat not-pādhayat-rati-ngyadi samayevai-kevan. Dharma, religious faith, everything is very punctual. One is going punctually to the church or to the temple and executing all 
ritualistic ceremonies, very rigidly following the rules and regulations. But at the end, if he has not developed love for God, then Bhagavad says, This is simply labouring, formalities. Caste priest, caste Goswami, caste spiritual master, simply a formality. But the objective is not Krishna, objective is material happiness. That sort of religiosity and following the regulative principle will not help. So, Vasudeva says, Jugupsita, this is abominable. Because if you simply stick to that principle, you are authority, people will understand that this is religion, nothing more. One may be very expert in the matter of executing religious performances, but that does not mean he can be elevated to the spiritual platform. Vichakkhanasya arhati bhiritam vibha aranta parasya nivittita sukham pravattamanasya gunai ranatmana stata bhavan darsa cheshtitam vibhu. This may be little helpful to rise to the spiritual platform, but unless one is actually engaged in the service of the Lord, it cannot be achieved perfectly. Then Vyasadeva says, Narada Muni says, tata karunat he vibhu anātmano dehābhimāna atayava gunai satyādhivi pravattamānasya janasya darsaya bhavāniti tamita bhavāniti. Therefore you write literature in such a way that people will become attracted to Krishna or the Supreme Lord. Simply official understanding of Krishna, God is great or Krishna is all-powerful, but my attention is only how to improve my material condition. So this picture was given in our Back to Godhead. Perhaps you all remember that a bridegroom party was to go to the bride's home in India, the marriage party, bridegroom party. The bride, his father, his relatives go with the bridegroom to the bride's home and the marriage ceremony takes place there in the presence of all kinds of relatives. That is the system. So the marriage was to take place in a different village some miles away. And in Bengal, the land is full of rivers. The rivers are considered to be high roads. So it was settled that the bridegroom's party will start in the evening before the marriage day and reach there in the morning and rest whole day, and in the evening the marriage will take place. So they got up on a boat, and the boat was started 
and the all the members of the bridegroom's party they fell asleep uh, it was on the river the breeze was very pleasing and next morning when they arose they saw they were standing on the same place then they are surprised how is that the boatman was asked how is that we are in the same place we have not proceeded a, <coughs> even a, a few yards how is that so the boatman said that we were flying the whole night we do not know how it happened then one boatman found out that the anchor was not taken out the anchor was fixed up and the whole night there uh flying meant the boat was round about the anchor only moving and it was uh, it did not uh, go a step forward so similarly the i power anchor that we want this material happiness for which we may worship god we may go to the temple go to the church offer our respect artho uh, arthati that is accepted as good but one has to go far above that position that means if one being distressed approaches krishna that my lord i am in distress please help me the qualification is good in this sense that he somehow or other he has approached god but his motive is not pure his motive is material enjoyment and narad muni says this kind of instruction in your book will not help people to come to the standard of pure devotional service which can save him from all material bondage that is the whole purpose now the question may be that one may take to the service of the supreme personality of godhead without understanding the truth by sentiment just like sometimes uh it is uh, mostly uh, in this country some of the disciples some of the students that coming not uh, that the one has understood this philosophy uh, very nicely and is convinced some of them are coming by sentiment all right let me join this krishna consciousness movement so in that case what happens suppose one does not understand the philosophy but he comes to join this krishna consciousness movement then what is the effect that is also clearly explained by uh, narada dev that tattva sadanmang charanamujam hare bhajanna pakkuta patittatu jadi jatra ko kava abhadra abhud amushakin kovarthyatu abhajatang sadarmata So Nara says that uh, giving up all other engagements, 
just like it is instructed in the Bhagavad Gita, that give up all other engagement. Simply surrender it. So if somebody, out of sentiment, without understanding, out of sentiment uh, surrenders, comes to Krishna, uh, here he had many duties to perform, uh, his family life, his uh, duty to the country, so many duties, everyone has got so many duties, but one gives up all other duties, simply comes to Krishna. Then what happens to him? This is very important version of Narad Muni. He says the sadharma, everyone has got some occupational duty. So he gives it up according to the instruction of Krishna. And Hare and begins devotional service, Krishna consciousness. Then after some time, just like many when I came in the beginning, there are many, not many, if you say within five or six, they were uh, working with me, but now they are not working. So that is possibility. Uh, because one may come by sentiment, then after staying for some time he may find it, oh, what is this Krishna consciousness? Let me do something else. Uh, or let me join in my previous occupation. So Narad-muni says that even a person joins Krishna consciousness, giving up all other occupational duties, and without being mature, falls down. Some There are so many reasons one may fall down. Not only... Actually, the reason is māyā. Maya, uh, it is a fight. To take to Krishna consciousness means it is a fight against Maya. Maya is trying to keep you captivated within this material world. But if anyone takes to Krishna consciousness, he Maya has to give him up. Oh, Maya cannot control anymore. That is not the jurisdiction of Maya. Oh. Because you have read in the Bhagavad Gita, that Krishna says, Daividhesagunamayimamayadrutte. It is very, very, very difficult to get out of the grip of the strong Maya. It is not. But Mami Vajapraprayadante, if anyone comes to me, ascendance to me, Maya Metang Tarantita, he immediately becomes out of the jurisdiction of Maya. So Maya is strong, always. And just like I was explaining uh, this morning, uh, what is Maya? Maya is already there, side by side, Krishna and Maya, just like this light. This side is light, this side is darkness. Um, take this example. This light, the one side is very bright, another side is dark. So this darkness and this light is always side by side. Uh, similarly, Krishna and Maya, because Maya is one of the energy of Krishna. Uh, when Vasudev, by bhakti-yoga meditation, uh, experienced the whole thing, what did he see? He saw Krishna 
अपसत पुरुषंग पूर्णम ही सौ द सुप्रीम पर्सन मायांच तदपाश्रयाम एंड ही सॉल्सो माया ऑन द बैक साइड जस्ट लाइक इफ यू स्टैंड द लाइट साइड योर सैडो इज नॉट ऑन द लाइट साइड इज द सैडो इज ऑन द बैक साइड सो इन आवर बैक साइड द माया इज देर ऑल दो यू आर इन फ्रंट ऑफ कृष्णा सो As soon as you become little slack in Krishna consciousness, immediately Maya is ready to capture. Uh, Maya is always going side by side. As Krishna is all pervading, the Maya is also all pervading. Uh, as soon as there is lack of Krishna consciousness, there is immediately Maya. Krishna bhuliya ji bhogavan chakore. पासेती माया तारे जापोटिया धरे जापोटिया धरे मीन्स एम्ब्रेस सो एज सुन एज वन कृष्ण भूलिया फॉरगेट्स कृष्ण फॉरगेटिंग कृष्ण मीन्स सेंस इंडिया में टू थिंग्स आर देयर वन द मेटीरियलिस्टिक पर्सन दे आर एंगेज इन द एक्टिविटीज ऑफ सेंस एंजॉयमेंट फॉरगेटिंग कृष्ण and the transcendentalists the devotees they uh, even though they have not forgotten but they are not interested in sense enjoyment they are interested in krishna that is the difference this is maya and krishna so maya is always strong as soon as we little slack in krishna consciousness maya will capture this in this same process So here it is said, "Bhajanla pakkhod." If one is not very strong and not very much advanced, not mature, and falls down under the clutches of Maya again, so Narad Muni says, "Jatra kava abhadra vod." There is no, uh, I would say, loss. Abhadra means uh, great loss. Or in a special city, there is no. It is still good, even if it falls down. Why? Jatra kava abhatra abhut amusakin kovarthi apta ab. In comparison to the person who is simply sticking to the formalities of religious principle, without any development of love of God, simply. Following the routine one, in comparison to that person, this person who came to surrender to Krishna, either by sentiment or somewhere other, but falls down, this man is better. This man is better. Ah, there is no, uh, I am mean to say, any great loss. Rather, it is a great gain. Ah. How it is gained? Uh, Krishna has confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita that yoga bhrasa sanya suchinang simatangi. This question was raised by Arjun. The Krishna, one person is engaged in bhakti yoga. It is very good if he can execute bhakti yoga to the perfect point and becomes liberated, goes back to Krishna. It is very nice. But if he falls down. 
then what is his position? He loses both things. He loses Krishna consciousness and also this material enjoyment. Then he is nowhere. Uh, Krishna says, no, no, no. It is not like that. His position is not like that. Hey, his position is better is still, even if he has fallen down. What is that? If one or anyone immaturely falls down, then in next life he will have the opportunity to, to take birth in very rich family or in a family, in a family of a, uh, I mean, real Brahmin. Real Brahmin means suchi, all is pure. That is real Brahminical qualities. So this activity, Krishna consciousness activity, is not only past, it is transcendental. So if you stay on this platform of Krishna consciousness, the easy process, just like we are executing in Nivindavan, chanting and dancing, eating Bhagavad Prasadam, hearing Bhagavad or Bhagavad Gita, trying to understand. Simple process. It is not very difficult. And you are satisfied with little prasadam, never mind what it is. This process will make you stay on. So don't deviate. Whatever little regulative principles are there, they are not very difficult. Just stick to this principle, chant Hare Krishna, eat prasadam, and your life will be successful. Here is the assurance by Narad Muni that even if he falls down, still there is no loss. But on the other side, those who are not in Krishna consciousness, if he is very regular businessman or regular worker, so many things, still his gain is nothing. He is simply levering. Because he has no connection with Krishna consciousness. The life mission, this human form, life mission is to understand Krishna and listen. He is neglecting that. He has no information. Therefore, he does not gain. If you, suppose if you go to a place, to a where, and you can earn money as much as you like, and if you go there, and if you do not earn anything, you come empty-handed. So as your mission becomes unsuccessful, similarly, if in the human form of life you are simply engaged in the animalistic way of life, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending in a nice way than the birds and bees, then you are not getting anything. In many places these things are very nicely explained. Abodha jatha, we are born. We are born ignorant. A child is born ignorant. If the father, mother, guardians do not give him education, then his life is spoiled. The child has no fault. It is the fault of the guardians. Similarly, in this human form of life, if the state, the father, the teacher, the school, college, and every who are 
responsible for raising the child to knowledge, to become wise, if they do not take care and simply they are trained for eating nicely, sleeping nicely, mating nicely and defending nicely, then there is no gain. The life is, the chance is missed. Nārada-muni says that without coming to Krishna consciousness, if he simply engaged in a polished way to this animalistic way of life, eating, sleeping, mating, and defending, then he does not gain anything. On the other side, if a person without any knowledge, without any understanding, by sentiment takes to Krishna consciousness and being immature, if he falls down, there is no loss. This is the conclusion. Thank you.